0: What's up, everybody? Um, Happy Thursday. Uh, It's the 22nd of August, and uh, it's a somewhat of a significant day for me because it was one year ago today that I stopped drinking alcoholic beverages, beverages of the alcoholic. Uh, Nah. Anyway. People ask me like So what Do you have a problem Was there a big Was there a big problem Were you Having Was was life getting And I was like A lot of people have asked me Why I Why I gave up booze And I've really never talked about it on here But For me I was like I needed some clarity You know what I mean And I was like Why It's so funny How much Everyone's like yeah. Well, why do we drink so much You know Why are you going to give up booze Like people couldn't What do you mean With Thanksgiving You're going to drink on Thanksgiving Right You're not going to give up on Thanksgiving like, nah, I'm not gonna drink on Thanksgiving. Well, what about Christmas? You can drink at Christmas? I mean it's Christmas. Nah, I'm not gonna drink at Christmas. What about New Year's? You can drink a New Year's? and you're just like, you know, there's no good time to do anything. And I was like After three months you completely forget about it. You're like, ah, oh, what else? and you start like remembering stuff and getting super clear. So uh anyway, it's been a year. I still don't know if I will drink again. I feel like maybe someday. I don't you guys don't care. All I know is if you're out there, actually now that I'm saying this, I feel like I have talked about it. If you're thinking about it and you're like, "Oh yeah, maybe maybe I should give up for a little while." I highly recommend it. I highly recommend. You kind of start seeing things different. The world is a little different. Everything's just a little more uh I think it's, you just see things more clearly and you're like, oh yeah, what about this? And it's fun just being like straight up, you know? You're like, no, I'm handling everything straight up, seeing the world straight up. Uh, So, anyway, when you don't have, this is the funny thing about our country. When you don't have a giant problem, it's not like uh, I crashed my car in front of the improv and everybody in comedy was like, God, Larson's got a problem. You know what I mean? Our country. Maybe it's just all people, not just our country, but like it's not until someone's rock bottom where people are like, we should, God, I wish, should we do something? It's like, can't people just like, can't we just normally be like, hey, how are you? Things good? And you're like, yeah, I'm just like, yeah, not really. You know, like with Brody Stevens' past, we were all just like, man, how does someone get to that point and you're like what do you mean how does someone get to that point no one gives a shit no one's ever checking in on anyone everyone just assumes everyone's fine because on social media we all just make it look like we're fine (sighs) anyway I'm fine (laughs) Uh, let's see 22nd I had a great time in Naples Florida (sighs) I will be straight up I'm never going back there I'll get into Florida in a little bit. Maybe I will. I don't know. But for everyone who came out, thank you so much. Tons of great people that were into comedy. Here was... I feel like you're always learning lessons. Here was something I learned in Naples, Florida. Sunday night, first of all, Sunday shows, the worst. No comedian wants to do a Sunday show. Okay? One, I'm away from my family just another day longer. Just another day for what? These people couldn't come out on a Thursday, a Friday, or a Saturday. They got to wait till Sunday. Sunday's our night. No. Just stop it. It's just not something that's going to happen again. Which, by the way, Sunnyvale, California, I'll be there the 5th, 6th, and 7th of September. There was a Sunday show. It's been canceled. If you want to see me, I think they'll still have a show. But it won't be with me because I, I... just was like, no, there's no way I'm gonna be gone another Sunday. I'd rather just be home. I can take a flight home. I can be home by ten o'clock in the morning. Easy, and have the whole day with my family. So, Sunday night show. I'm watching the the, the feature act, and there's this guy in the front row, and he had like a. It's not like a not like a flamed T-shirt like with flames on it, but he had this like crazy tie dye with a. I wanted to take a picture of the shirt so I could remember exactly what it was. Because it wasn't like a face. It was like a silhouette of a body. And he, was, he wasn't he was loud. He was laughing and enjoying it. But I could tell him, like, oh, this guy's a little chirpy. Like, if you engage him, he's going to go over. And he might engage himself. And I couldn't have been more wrong. That guy was getting the tiniest little jokes. Let me tell you something about what I like about comedy. I don't like all jokes that just hit you on the head. Okay, that's not what comedy's supposed to be. It's not just supposed to be things that hit you on the head. There should be little tiny jokes that get thrown to the side that only a couple people get. This guy got everything. And he he laughed loud and he enjoyed it. He wasn't calling attention to himself. He was just the coolest dude. Came up afterwards like, "Hey, can we get a pick?" And I was like, "Yeah." And we hung out and talked. He not only did he like was he just a cool guy and his wife was cool? He loved comedy. They go to comedy all the time. He was well versed in comedy. So, I mean, he knew comics that like mainstream people don't know, which I always love. I love people that like love comedy and know it the way that like comics know it. And uh, we talked for a while and he had such a great take and he was just an awesome guy. His wife was super sweet. And uh, I found that a couple times over the weekend in Florida, there were people that. Looking at them, you might judge them one way, and then you get to talking to them, and you're like, oh, this guy's awesome, or this, this girl's awesome, and uh, so anyway, it was great to have people out and see people um, in Florida. Like I said, Sunnyvale, October, I'm pretty much home, working on some stuff, and uh, then in November, uh, I'll be at Laugh Boston, and I will be at the Hartford Funny Bone, uh, Listen, I know life is about simplicity. I know life is about giving people especially from my from where I'm at, you should empower people to just like be able to like buy tickets to your show. So like do you know how easy it is to for me to put a post and to put Hartford these dates and someone can just Google Hartford, J. Larson, those dates and it will just come up. But no, people like, Where is there a link? Where can I get tickets? Like they rolled out of a womb. And could talk and type and do everything, but were incapable of doing anything else. Listen, I, I know. I know I should just easily put the link up there. But I have the link up for the podcast in my bio. You know what I mean? It's not my fault. Instagram doesn't let you put a link in the description of the photo. Whatever. I get it. You know, who's to blame? I don't know. I'll shoulder a little bit of it. Will you take some of it? Guy who can't just Google. Um, so I'll be doing those. And then uh, New Year's Eve i'll be at uh helium in portland and i think it's like the 14 15 16 in burlington vermont and vermont comedy club which i can't wait i love vermont so much i just i'm east coast for it's like a, i'm doing an east coast run for crying out loud except i'm gonna go back and forth so i can see the fam. but still i cannot wait boston oh it's gonna be amazing um I want to give a shout out. Uh, There's a couple things. I've been, I got a new phone. Don't get a new phone. This is too big. This is just too big. I don't, I don't want a phone this big. I want a little tiny phone, one that I can hold in my hand. And it's got a glass front and a glass back. I was like, I'm like the only guy in there that doesn't want a big phone. I'm like, you got anything smaller? They're like, no, this is what we got. I'm like, all right, well, I wouldn't mind something smaller. And they're like, yeah, well, we don't have one. Um, Da, 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 da. I want to give a shout out, and now I don't know where it is. I got a couple of shout outs to give today. Yeah, I want to give a shout out today to my boy Word Up on Instagram. He for kicks makes these dope coasters, and that's one of my albums, Human Math. And he puts cork on the back, and he'll like bring him to shows. He made me another one for me and brought that to a show. And then most recently, this bad boy, the through line. But here's the best. This is what I love about life. So he's come to shows, and, and there's been times he's told me he was coming to shows, but I'm an idiot. I forget everything. Uh, anyway, how cool is this? He makes these little tiles, and he puts the thing on them, corks them, and now I got coasters for the studio. But... Um, So he's told me other shows he's going to be there and I forget and then I miss him. So this one show, he was coming out, I forgot and I'm driving with my wife and we're leaving the club and we're driving down La Cienega and I look out my window and he's in the car next to me and he honks and I go, hey! And his girl reaches out the window or he, I can't remember which one of them, and hands me the coasters. And we did like a handoff and it's such like a That's like one of my favorite things, first of all, is just being able to interact with people. So word up on Instagram. You're the best, dude. These are awesome. Uh, Check him out. Solid dude. And uh, I love little things like that. Like I was leaving school one day, dropping the kids off or picking them up, and another dad was coming this way. So I get the window down. I saw he had his window down. I got up close and just went out for a fist bump. I never even stopped the cars. Is this safe? No, it's not safe, but who gives a shit? It's awesome. Just, boom, throwing a fist bump with a moving car. Your kid's like, what are you doing? You're like, what are we doing? Um, I want to give one other shout-out, two other shout-outs. Dave Ross, comedian Dave Ross. Um, He was on the Crab Feast podcast with us and was great. Had some great stories. Has a new album out called The Only Man Who Has Ever Had Sex. And I listened to it because I needed advice because... He's the only man who's ever had sex, and I need to know what it was all about. Anyway, that new album came out today, and Dave's a super funny dude, So, and it's his first album, so go check out Dave Ross' new album, The Only Man Who Ever Had Sex. It's on a special thing, Records. I'm su- sure you can search it on iTunes or anywhere you get it. Go, listen, uh, leave a review. It always helps, and then put in there with your the review, hashtag throughline and let him know, because uh, he's a great dude, and... Um, i always want to support other artists that uh are funny and talented and i hope you enjoy that album because uh he's a great guy uh last shout out of the day fahim anwar he's one of my favorite comedians to watch on so he's like the only guy there's a couple guys that i love to watch on social media like their feeds on instagram are like just awesome he makes these little sketches of him and then like he plays different characters and they're so funny and then he puts up stand-up clips which are super funny and then he puts up dance clips like he dances like a fiend and I'm sure you're already following him but if you're not go check out Fahim Anwar on uh, Instagram because dude I can't get enough of his dancing I'm always like dude can I get I want to like dance like him I know I can't and I know I'm too old to like pick it up it's like I'm gonna pick up dancing at this age but maybe I could Either way, check out Fahim Anwar. Same thing. If you like his stuff, comment through line um, because that guy's the best. He's such a great dude and super funny. Uh, no more plugs for today. No more plugs. So I go to Florida to do this gig, right? And the owner, well, there's an there's the owner. There's a couple and then there's son. And the son takes you out for press. And my friend from high school hit me up and he's like, yo, I heard you're going to Florida. You know, I went to college with the owner. Tell him I said, what's up? So we get in the car together for press and we start finding out we have all these connections to different places and people. And it's crazy. I'm like, this this is insane. He grew up the town over from me. We played high school baseball against each other. He grew up two doors down from my cousins used to be at their house all the time. And then played college baseball with my friend from high school. They threw parties together all the time. Did all these different things. And I was like, how have we never been you know, in contact? So, turns out his family had a florist on the same street as my grandfather's bakery in Wakefield, Massachusetts. So, uh, someone had asked me a long time ago when I was like, Hey, wh- what would you like me to talk about? And people were like, bring objects on and talk about them. Which is crazy because I pitched this idea back when I had a... If any Best Bars fans out there, when I host that show, Best Bars, I pitched to Esquire Network a show that would be called, you know, about the idea that if your house was burning down, what was the one thing you'd leave the house and what's the story behind it? And, um, and so someone had asked me like, oh, would you like bring objects on and talk about them and tell the story behind them? So I was like, yeah, I can look into that. And now it just so happens this story comes up. So long time ago, maybe 15 years ago, um, Oh, that's another thing. This is August. It's my comedy anniversary month. I've been doing comedy officially 18 years. Yay. I don't remember the date. Some people remember the date. I'm like, "How did you know the day you did stand up that you were going to want to know forever?" I was just like, "Oh, I'm going to have fun." I mean, that I just that's just kind of who I was. But anyway, I started in August in 2001. And the reason I rem- only reason I remember that is because when 9/11 hit, remember when that hit? I was doing stand up, but I'd only been doing it for like a month. Like, I remember being really new because I remember doing a show on the 12th. Okay. And nobody did well except for one dude, Ian Bag, because he can go crowd work like a motherfucker and he crushed it. Anyway, um, so it's my comedy anniversary. So, about 15 years ago, I was back in Boston doing shows with uh, Nick Swartz and uh, another comedian, I think still does comedy. I'm not sure and nick had a deal at the time with sony and there are these things called blind script deals where basically they're like hey we like you so we're gonna give you some money and we don't even know what for and then you tell them hey i want to do this and like you have like with a blind script deal there's like three things that you can pitch and they got to pick one of them or something like that i don't know maybe five things but basically they're saying like hey we're gonna give you money we trust that you'll come up with something good yada yada um And someone else asked me to break down some people in the business, what you do. I I can do that. So check it out. Um, Executive producer, that's the person who either brought the show idea. There are like, you have the network, you have the studio, you have producers, you have a production company. Someone might have a production company. They meet with creators who come up with a show idea. They come in, they say, hey, we have this show idea. And they're like, oh, really? We have a deal at Sony. Sony the studio so then they go to Sony and they say hey you know how we said that in our deal each year we'll bring you four projects this is one of them we'd like to bring you they say yeah we like it then all of a sudden that production company has a deal with this creator and then you start writing a show for the studio and then if the studio likes it they'll take it and they'll pitch it either they'll make it and then they pitch that to networks or they just take the script and they pitch that to networks because they have deals at networks and so on and so forth. And then executive producers will be like the guy at the production company who finds the shows. And then they'll also be the guy who created the show. There's a number of different ways for a number of different things to happen. But for instance, I've sold two TV shows. This is for the guy who asked about it. I sold two TV shows. One, I met with a production company who had a deal at NBC Universal. They really liked me. They're like, oh, there's a show here. So then they said to NBC Universal, meet this guy. I met them. They're like, we like him too. Let's give him some money to write this TV idea. And they were like, okay. But at the time, I also had like a scripted deal in place at Fox, which was the network. Okay, And they said, well, we have a deal with them, so you can't make a deal with them without a- us okaying it. So they said, tell you what, we'll chip in, and why don't you just write the show for Fox? Some people are like, wow, that's a great thing. It's a good thing and it's a bad thing, because now you're writing a show for Fox with their notes and if they don't like it now you have a show that was written for a place that didn't even like it and we were writing a multicam which you know is like a live studio audience three cameras sets and Fox wasn't doing multicams I still don't know if they've done multicams so it was kind of like we were set up to fail in a weird way and then we they passed on it and then we just you know I had spent six months writing a script that never had anything and then we didn't take it anywhere else so that, that's how things can happen boom I didn't think I would ever cover that and then we did um, I'm always happy to share stuff on the business but I don't I just feel like people are like nah I don't really want to hear about the goddamn business because I don't but Swartzen had this blind deal and he wanted to write a show about a kid whose grandmother died and left him a bakery and then he and his friend take over this bakery and so I was like yeah cool and he wanted to write it for me and him And we were back in Boston. We were going to do shows in Maryland. We went to Boston first to like go to some Red Sox games. And he go and I said to him, I go, you know, my grandfather used to own this bakery a couple towns over. Why don't we go and we'll check out the bakery and maybe we'll get some ideas for the show. You know, like just being in the environment sometimes. You're like, Oh, look at that, that could be funny, this could lead to this. Like something my grandfather used to do. He had this giant oven with like that was rotating like this and there were shelves that went across you know, you could be baking a bunch of cakes, I don't know, muffins, whatever you are baking in there. And it would just rotate like that. Now, every once in a while, a cake or something would fall off and fall to the bottom of the oven. You can't leave it down there. It's just going to burn and smoke the place up. So he'd have to shut the oven down. And then he would have to put someone in there, go down, scoop it out, and then bring them back up. Okay? And what he would do is he'd get like the low man in the totem pole to hop on there, and then when he got to the bottom, he'd shut the top and freak him out. Okay? Which no thank you, Papa. That is like my grandfather was a funny dude. Um, and that to me is not funny. That would no thank you. No gracias. Uh anyway, we go there. Now my grandfather hadn't owned the bakery in like fifteen years. It was just like it had been this place called Tea House Floreal, which was like a really nice bakery. And that lasted like 12 years. And then they left and then this new bakery came in and they were doing like gluten-free in Wakefield. Matt. It just was not working. And you could tell when you walked in, like half of the shelves weren't filled. What they had didn't look appetizing. And it just, it still felt the same. The floor felt the same. Like when I would step on it, I remember being there as a kid. And so we walk in and there's two guys behind the counter and i go uh how's it going guys and they're like good i'm like hey listen i was wondering maybe if you guys would let us like take a tour of the back you know like where you where you bake and everything my grandfather used to own this bakery and it'd be great to like look around and the guy goes what was your grandfather's bakery and i go holiday bakery and he goes we've been waiting for you and then he goes over and he pulls out this sign i don't know how much you can see here this is the original sign from my grandfather's bakery, the Holiday Bakery. Let me see if I can lift this. Hold on. Now, it wasn't in this light box. I built this light box for it with a friend of mine. But look at that. That's the original sign. Look at that old school, how beautiful that font is. I'm not a fan of like uh, Dodger Blue, like Royal Blue, but I love the sign. And If you look at the Y... I don't know if anyone cares, but if you look at the Y, you can tell that was replaced. Anyway, it was the coolest thing I've ever seen in my life. They're like sitting there like, yeah, we've been waiting for you. It's not even like, it wasn't in back and storage. It was right there in the front in between a wall and a freezer. And they're like, yeah, we've been waiting for you. And they just had it. And I was blown away. It was the coolest thing ever. And then I shipped it home. And then, like I said, we built that light box. And then I called my production company, Holiday Bakery Productions. And people are always like, are you a bakery? What do you make? And I'm like, nah, I don't. I make comedy. This is what we make. Um, anyway, so the woman who owns the club down there, her father owned the florist. And so, I, so this guy, the kid who was my age... That's his mom. He was like, Oh, you're gonna love talking to my mom. So I get there and I go up to her and I'm like, How you doing? She's like, Good. I go, We have a lot of catching up to do. She's like, I've heard we do. And she's like, This sweet lady. And it turns out her dad, who owned the florist, used to go to the flower market like early, you know, like you go to the flower market like three in the morning to get these fresh flowers I guess. But she said that before he would leave Wakefield to go to the flower market, or maybe when he came back he would always stop at my grandfather's bakery because my grandfather would be in there baking because bakers, you know, their hours are like, you know, I think they go in at like 10 p.m. and then they leave at 7 in the morning or something ridiculous like that or 6 in the morning. And he would sit in like the back of my grandfather's bakery and have coffee and pastries with my grandfather. And I was just like blown away. I'm like, how, how cool is that? That, you know, my 18th year in comedy, I finally get to this club in Naples... Uh, and it turns out that this woman who's been having this club, her dad knew my grandfather and she had stories about it. It was just awesome. It was just such a cool, and people always say, oh, that's such a small world thing. I don't think it's a small world thing. I think it's like, uh, that's an every world thing. Like you're going to, you're connected to everyone in some way. And it's just a matter of like either allowing it into your life or talking about it. Anyway, it was super cool. And then we talked a little bit about Wakefield But man, I remember that bakery. That bakery used to be like, he had that bakery till I was like, he passed when I was 10 or 12 or something like that, fifth grade. And I remember like in first, second, third grade going over there because my dad would work there. And like there was this giant baking table because they got to roll out you know batter and baking and whatever and we would run all the way around and all the way down here on the bottom shelf was the coffee canister of m&ms and we would run all the way over there and fuck, boom and the best things he made were honey dip donuts his donuts were slamming honey dip donuts they blow away any dunkin i'm a dunkin donut guy because i'm east coast like Krispy Kreme is fine and all but it's not dunkin to me dunkin donuts are the best and the greatest donut I think of all time, and the most underrated Dunkin' Donuts, was in the Munchkins, the cinnamon donuts. I think they would do powdered... It's not real cinnamon. It's not like... I love farm donuts. I'm pretty sure... What am I going to talk about donuts on every episode? Those cinnamon sugar donuts are my favorite, but this was like that fake cinnamon that Dunkin' Donuts would make. Anyway, his his honey dip donuts were the best, and then he make... These smiley face cookies that were just like a cookie with yellow and a smiley face, clearly. Black and white cookie, you know, the half moon cookie. And then something my family always talked to, he'd make like a a cream cheese or a sour cream apple pie. It was like a Swedish thing. Maybe it was, I can't remember if it was cream cheese or sour cream. And it had like that crumble on top that I've talked about that I love. I never had that as a kid because I was like, ah, cheese and an apple pie. I had like the dumbest uh, food perspective. Anyway, yeah, that was the coolest. That was Florida. Okay, that was Florida. God, what a weird place Florida is. This guy came to my show Thursday night, and I said that I like to golf, and he's like, "You want to come golfing with us? You want to come golf with me and my and my my guys in my country club?" And I was like, "Sure." So I go, and they're older dudes, right? They're like all in their like sixties or seventies, maybe eighties. I have no idea but they're like rich old dudes, and I was not playing well, okay? I'm not going to make excuses. I just wasn't playing well. I don't know if it was like I'm playing from their tees. I'm used to playing further backs, so and I have to change clubs. The ground's soaking wet there, so like anytime you'd really power through the ball, you get hung up, and I was just playing like crap, and I find out they're playing for money, and this guy has told everyone at the club that like a comedian's coming to play like, the manager like pulls his card up. He's like, "Hey, there's a funny guy here. Like, that's what's going on. Like, everyone. There's only like 290 members at this whole place. They all know each other. Hey, there's a funny guy, huh? How'd he do last night? Like, I'm a piece of property. How'd he do last night? I'm like, you don't. What do you? He didn't hire me for like a private event, dude. Anyway, I did not play well. And the guy that I was driving with, it's one of these places. He had his own golf cart. You know what I mean? It was his cart, and not you're like, oh, like he had his name on it. No, it was his cart. He had his own seats. He had his own like steering wheel, like a a, a wooden steering wheel. And he was getting so annoyed that I wasn't playing well. He's like, "You're swinging too quick," and like, like he's gonna change it. And I want to be like, dude, I didn't, I didn't know what we were playing for money. Like, we're playing for money here. I don't even. What do you? I had no idea. Luckily, it rained. We got rained out after 13 holes. I've never in my life wanted to get rained out from golf. Never. I was stoked. I'm like, thank God. Because I'm feeling really weird here. I have no idea what's going on. And then I got out of there. And I've had some weird interactions on the golf course. I remember one time I was golfing Nate Bargatze. And we're on the third hole. And it's a short par four, which means you can drive or you might be able to reach the green. And I let everyone go because I could hit the ball pretty far. And I used a three wood. So I clubbed down and I still reached the green. And when we got up there, I couldn't find my ball. And the, there was this old couple, old couple and two old dudes, four old people, one woman, three men. And they're walking off. I'm like, hey guys, did you see my ball? And this guy makes this motion like, yeah, you went over the green. You went past the green. I was like, oh, I go, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean that. And this woman goes, you hit him. And I go, what? And she goes, you hit him. And I go, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. I did? And he's like, it's okay. And I'm like, I I, I go, I used a three wood. I went last. I, I, You know, I think we had like a tailwind. or, And he's like, uh, throwing tailwind? What am I, a pilot? Who, who's throwing tailwind out there? I just did. And he was like, it's fine. And the woman goes, you need to apologize. And I go, yeah, I, I know. I go, I said, I'm sorry. I just did. She goes, no, you need to apologize. I go, I just apologized. Okay, I got it. I said, I'm sorry. He said, it's fine. And, and Nate and I are playing with some guy we get paired up with. We don't know. And the guy goes, just, just say you're sorry and move on. And I'm like, what, am, what is going on here? She's yelling at me. Now you're telling me. And I looked at him, I go, Hey man, you handle your business the way you handle your business. I'll handle my business the way I handle my business. Now, now I got to play 15 more holes with this guy. And I look at Nate and I'm like, I'm sorry, man. Is this making you uncomfortable? And he goes, no, nah, it's kind of nice to see you in action and I was like all right cool. I didn't really give it to those guys cuz I was at their private course but that's <sighs> a <laughs> golf course can be a, a strange place to interact and get with people. Comedy will bring you face to face with some people that you never thought you'd be you'd be involved with. It was so weird. I remember one of the shows down there in Florida. This guy was like, "Sometimes when they pass, here's a deal: if you go to a comedy club, tip well. Waiters and waitresses at comedy clubs are busting their ass. They got to be quiet. They got to move. It's always jammed in. They're bringing two drink minimum, so they got tons of drinks. I don't know how they manage. I waited tables for a long time. I have no idea how they manage, uh, their checks. I just don't, I have no idea. So." I'm always appreciative and I try to make a point to people like, hey, make sure you're taking care of your service tonight. And uh, every now and then I'll look down and be like, what are you tipping? And I see this guy tipping 15%. And I was like, dude, are you out of goddamn mind? Make that 20% right now. And he's like, well, what do you mean? I do 15. I go, you used to do 15. Now you're doing 20. And he went to 21. I don't know if I talked about tipping etiquette on here, but here's the deal. If you, if you had a bad day, if you, your waiter had a bad day, who cares? Tip him twenty percent. It's just what you tip. You've had bad days. I'm sure people tipped you. You know, I'm sure you still got your rate. You know, whatever you do, okay. Whether you work at a Walmart or if you're a doctor or you're a lawyer, you're getting paid what you get paid. So just like, get over it. You know, it's not like, it's not like your performance should. I mean, performance enhancement, sure. But taking people down, no. That's just not that's just not something I get. The other thing I don't get, this was a big thing, is fishing. Listen, I've never... I fished because my family had a house on the water. That's where my grandparents lived. They had this house... You know, when they were young, they bought like a little cottage and then they, they expanded on it and they turned it into this house. And that's where we go as kids. But like my dad would take us to this lake in Wakefield and we would fish. And I didn't know anything about it. He would just do it. And then I would catch a, these little tiny fish and then we'd throw them back in. And then we'd go out on this boat at my grandfather's and I caught an eel once, you know. Now, if you're fishing to keep that fish and eat, yeah, I get it. But as a sport, shut up. How is this a sport? Fly fishing, I'll give you that. There's, I see that there's a technique. It's got a, I don't know what you do. It's okay. But if you just go out in a boat and drop a line in the water and something nibbles on it and then you pull, how in the world is that a sport? What are you doing? If you just tell me, hey, man, I just like being outside on the water and it's something to kill time. I'll be like, cool, man. I get it. If you're like, dude, I just like to drink a lot of beers during the day and why not be on a boat? Sure, man. I'm down. But if you're telling me like, no, nah, I like fishing. just No, it's not a sport. How is that a sport? Please, I'm open to it. I'm open for you. If someone can convince me, sure, hit me up. Tell me why it's a sport. Otherwise, catch and release, that might be the dumbest thing I've ever heard of in my life. I will never understand what catch and release is. You're catching for sport, and then releasing no no just not having it i'm sorry and, and it's people like well, it's the humane thing to do oh is it the humane thing to do that would be like bow hunting for deer getting up to the deer that's got the arrow in it yanking the arrow out and being like all right no get out of here now that you're wounded fish are bleeding out of their face I'm like yeah hey, go back in the water and uh now try and survive I mean, what percentage of those fish you think are dying after that? Oh, Jay, it's just like a cut, you know, it's just like a cut. No, I'm good. I'm good. You want to get a hook jabbed in your mouth and then see how quickly, you know, your tongue is the, you know, my wife did tell me this, your tongue, which I think is technically a muscle, heals faster than anything else in your body. That's a good note. So next time you bite your tongue, be like, don't worry about it. I got it. Although it's fun seeing a friend bite a tongue, isn't it? Or bite the inside of the lip. My daughter does it all the time and she gets so mad. And you're like, everyone does it. But what you can't explain is you're probably going to bite it again in the next day. In the next 14 hours, you're probably going to bite that tongue again because now you got a little thing and now it's bigger. They don't get that. Seeing a friend bite their tongue is, oh, it's one of the greatest feelings in the world, isn't it? Seeing a friend fall and kind of get hurt, so fun so fun when i first moved to la my friend alex and his wife amy they came up from san diego with me and they helped me like move in and stuff and uh i was coming out of the i was coming out of the my apartment and it was like they had painted they had painted the steps of this, the these like first two steps of the apartment uh building like that like with a sheen with the gloss so it's like slippery it was raining it was february february was it february 3rd February 3rd my birthday and they were leaving and I had flip-flops on so they're like those are tacky kind of slippery and I came out and I put this foot down and I went like a cartoon like foot flung out and my body went sideways and then I went slap on the concrete like a slap and my buddy Alex and Amy they look over and he's like creeping back like you good He's like, just breathe, dude. But he's smile he's hiding a smile. He was loving it. And it hurt. But I you know, now I had wet clothes and I was like, I'm just gonna go I'm just gonna go change. And they're like, just breathe, man. And I knew they loved it. What am I gonna do? Get mad? No, because if it was them, I probably would have laughed too. You love seeing a friend fall. We all do. Seeing a stranger fall? This is what people do on YouTube. That's all they do is they watch people fall and get hurt. That's why we love jackass so much, because they just put themselves in it. By the way, greatest jackass moment I've ever seen in my life. They were in like aspen and they had made a snow cone out of snow and then peed on it. Right? And they were like, who's gonna who's gonna eat this snow cone? The pea snow cone? And whoever it was that was doing it while while he was doing it, they went up and kicked him in the balls or punched him in the balls. And it was the most genius thing I've ever seen in my life. I'm like, that is genius. He, the, he, he is, he's eating urine, okay? And they think it's funny to punch him in the balls. The exact place urine is coming from while he's eating someone else's urine. How fucking genius that is and how hilarious it is at the same time. I I just think that's complete and utter amazingness. Anyway. That's from Catch and Release. But I will say, remembering Something About Mary when they're fishing and the, the hook gets caught in Ben Stiller's mouth? My buddy tried to tell me that he didn't think Something About Mary was funny. And I was like, oh, are you out of your mind, dude? It's hilarious. Like, we have a... Trust me, I have the same tendency. There's a, I like really nice foods. I like really nice clothes. I like fancy watches. You know, this isn't super fancy, but it's limited edition. I have a fancy watch. I like fancy clothes. I like I like name brands, and I like designers, and I like really good food. At the same time, I just want a comfortable T-shirt. At the same time, I want to go to McDonald's and go to the drive-thru and get a Big Mac meal with fries and a Coke and either a McChicken sandwich or just a straight-up double cheeseburger, and I want an apple pie. And I love going to like... we like There's a cupcake place in our... Remember when cupcakes cupcakes became a thing where you can charge $4.50 for them? Whatevs. There's a bakery down the street that's kind of like my grandfather's bakery, but a little bougier. You know, like stepped up. Like you get a fancy cake there. We got a fancy cake for my daughter's birthday or my son's birthday this year. And I was like, that's it. This is the last time. This is the last time. After this, we're going to the store, the, the grocery store and we're getting a sheet cake. And we'll pipe his name on it ourselves. I'm not spending I don't know when it changed. I feel like it was my generation we're all like we're going to provide better and all this other wave of stuff came in so then we're like if you don't have this like super nice cake or like it's got to look pretty Shut up. You know what? No. For my daughter's birthday, I'm going to make it. I'm going to make it. It's in a couple of weeks. I'm going to need to step up. Why? There's no date on this clock. I'm going to need to step up and make that cake should find out it's easy you can do it just gotta gotta figure it out either way i don't know when we started getting super bougie about all this stuff anyway it's i feel it's the same thing in like movie choices or music yes do i like listening to new fresh music yeah i do if margaritaville comes on by jimmy buffett am i gonna fucking sing that entire tune yes i am I'm on a fantasy football chain with my buddies from high school. What's the point of this? So what I'm saying is, you know, something about Mary, if you don't think it's the most highbrow movie of all time, yeah, it's not, but it's hilarious. That was the only, I don't think there's ever been a movie I didn't laugh harder at in a movie theater than something about Mary. To the point, my friend, like when it came out, everyone was going to see it. That's when you saw movies in the movie theater and I remember my buddy said he was, at, he was at a showing and a guy fell out of his seat into the aisle and was rolling around laughing at something about Mary because they just pulled out all the stops. They pulled out all the stops. Matt Dillon crushed that movie. Crushed that movie. Not even a question. And it's a super, anytime it's on, I'll watch it when it's on. My buddy's like, man, I'm like, sometimes people amaze me. You're like, really? You didn't love that movie. It was just so crazy. I had a friend recently tell me that he thought Meryl Streep overacted. And I was like, bro, I can't even accept that. You don't have to like someone, okay? But can still, you, you don't have to like them, but you can still appreciate the fact that they're amazing at what they do. You've never not watched... Meryl Streep and seen Meryl Streep you're seeing a completely different person she just falls into a role and you're like she's insane she she played an Italian woman in Bridges Over Madison County this is how crazy my upbringing is I watched Bridges I watched Bridges of Madison County with my mom I don't know how old I was I definitely wasn't in college yet And there's like a scene where like Clint Eastwood showers in her shower and then she takes a shower there and they're like, they have an affair. And she then takes a shower and the voiceover is her talking about how he was just in that same spot as her. And like, I remember my mother like explaining like, look how erotic this is, the idea. It's like, it's not creepy. It's just like an adult conversation to be having with me. And I remember being like, oh yeah you know what I mean but at the same time like, man, I don't know if I really want to discuss this with you let alone recount it right now which I'm doing I find that too I'm like I always wonder I'm like oh when do I start I'm not talking about having conversations like that but like talking to my kids more like adults or like you shelter your kids sometimes because you don't want to either expose them or like you know I want my kids to be kids you know like be a kid enjoy being a kid you don't need to know about this stuff but then at the same time you're just like "Ah, oh, well when are we gonna they can still be a kid and know stuff i feel like kids nowadays know more and more and more and my kids are just like oh huh? really know because we just keep being like nah, i don't know if they need to know all that yet you know there's some stuff that i would just like to keep to ourselves and when they get older we'll tell them let me check my list because I know there was some stuff that I wanted to talk about. So, Daniel, guy wrote in to me and had asked me something. So, Daniel, this is for you. Daniel has kids and is recently single uh, after divorce and trying to get back in the dating game. Now, most married dudes are going to say, Dude, are you kidding me? I'd love to be in the dating game right now. That's what most people are going to tell you. They're going to tell you that. This seemed like a really sincere question. Because I know, because I have single friends. And when I'm on the road, I meet guys that are single. And they're just telling me that they're on these... They don't even call them dating apps. It's just like bang apps. Like I have a friend who's recently divorced. And, you know, I haven't talked to him about it. But through another friend, he's like, oh yeah, he's just out there. And he's just banging. He's banging. And... That's what dudes are doing, and that's what chicks are doing, and it's like a, a weird thing that you never really could do before. You, you would be a slut, you know? Now it's like, yeah, we're all sluts at the end of the day. Everybody's a slut if you're afforded the opportunity to be one. But if you're out there, and you're single, and you have kids, and you're trying to date, it's I got to imagine it's really tough because not only now are you juggling... Your schedule, you're juggling your kid's schedule, and then you always also have to juggle the idea of like looking out for that kid. And when you know, so let's say I don't know what your custody is, but if you're if you're recently single with kids, you're only dating on your off nights, uh, unless you're getting a babysitter on your on nights, which you probably don't want to do because you just want to spend time with your kids because you're not seeing them every day, is what I would imagine. And then you're also, at some point, you like start falling for somebody and then you like want to bring them around. And then you're like, well, when do I start bringing around this kid? Because when are they going to start getting used to him? And then when can they sleep over? I mean, I imagine there's a lot to handle, but let's just take it from Jump Street. And that's, you know, I also don't know if you are the one who wanted to get divorced. And here's the thing. I'm a product of divorce and my dad stopped coming around, and my whole life, I always blamed him, okay, it was very easy to blame him, he wasn't around, he wasn't there, he didn't call, he didn't see me, now, we didn't have cell phones, you had one home phone, so if he was calling, he was running into the chance of talking to my mom, and they hated each other, so, you know, I can't, I look back now as an adult, I'm like, oh yeah, if if it built to this point, would you be like, no, I'm not doing it? Now, did they ever try to set up a call? Like, hey, Sunday night's four o'clock, I call, I get to talk to all the kids or maybe every day or whatever. I don't know. I don't know the idea of how you juggle that kind of thing. But I do know after being in a relationship and married now for, I've been married nine years next month and together for 13, is there's, everyone plays a role so whether you were the one to get divorced or they want to get divorced everyone had a role in it there was something that you weren't connecting on so whether it's they're finding fault with you you still need to look inside yourself and find your own reasons. so i feel like a lot of times there's very few divorces where someone's like, oh, I wanted to work it out. I tried, you know. Yeah, maybe there is those points, and and that person was just like, I'm just honestly, I'm fucking done. Marriage isn't for me, or I want to be with someone else. Wh- whatever, you know, like whatever it is. So I don't know what your your scenario is there, but it sounded like a genuine post. Like, hey, I just want to like start dating again, and it's tough. You know, I can imagine it's tough, especially if you're still in love with that person from before. And I will say this: if you were married. And you had children together, you loved that person to an extent. And you probably will never stop having that love for them in some kind of capacity. But I think, you know, don't put a lot of pressure on it. Unless it's like really tough and you think that people are looking at you like you're baggage because you have kids. I wouldn't look at it like that. I would look at it like you are. I will say this I always wanted to date, I always wanted to marry someone who already had kids. How about that? I was like, I want to be the dude who comes in and saves the thing. You know what I mean? Like, hey, I know your dad sucked. Look who's here. So there are going to be women out there that want to find a guy with kids. There are going to be women out there that have kids and they want to find someone with kids because they're like someone that can relate to them. Then there's probably people out there that are like, hey, I don't care. But I think the key is don't get discouraged. And if you're out there dating, just be like, I will find someone when I find someone. You know? And uh, just go have fun. You know, they say in stand-up all the time, just go up there and have fun. Just go have fun. You don't like, don't worry about the show. Just have fun. And it's like an easy thing to say. Don't put pressure on yourself. Go have fun. Like when you're doing like a late night set or you're auditioning for something and people are coming to see your stand-up, they say, just have fun with it. Just have fun. It's very easy to say, but it's also the best advice because if you can look at your standup set and be like, well, I'm just going to have fun or if you're going to look at your golf game and say, you know, if you're even after nine, you probably were even because you're not thinking about it and you're just having fun. You're not putting pressure on yourself. So don't put pressure out there to go find someone else. Even, even as badly if you're like, no, I've always wanted to be married. I like being married. That's great. But just like, for me, I would focus on myself and making sure my head's right and making sure that I'm right and making sure that I'm happy and making sure that it's going to sound corny, but that you love yourself. So then you're not dependent on someone else loving you, you know, and any healthy relationship needs to have someone who loves themselves. Now, I'm, I'm there are a lot of people out there that never have thought about this in their life because they've never had to worry about loving themselves because they're normal okay? (laughs) But I think it's abnormal. So they might be abnormal. I have friends who have never seen a therapist. I have friends that have never had a problem, who don't feel uncomfortable, love their life, never wanted more, never wanted less, nothing. They're just... Everything's cool. That's great. Good for those people. I I have no idea how people do it. Never. We saw a therapist when I was in first grade. And then I saw one... I should have seen one in college... The, ever since I was 25, I've seen a therapist because it's just like, I need it. I need someone to talk to or I need to find some way to cope, whether it's uh, setting goals all the time, it's doing an appreciation journal, it's meditation, it's giving up boot. You know what I mean? There's always going to be something for me. So if you're like that, like me, just start focusing on like the things that make you happy. Honestly, you know what I think might be good? Go out and eat at a bar by yourself. And just don't don't bring a phone and be like, I'm going to and they can be alone. That's not eating alone. Okay? This is not eating alone. This is you thinking you're, or, or like feeling embarrassed that you're at a bar alone. Go. Get a magazine. on The nights you don't have your kids, get a magazine. Go to a bar. Sit down. Guy comes over, hey, can I get you something? Yeah, let me get a drink. First of all, I love sitting at bars. I still go to bars all the time, even though I'm not drinking. I love it. It's the best. You're social. Things are going on. Sports are on. You got something to read. People are next to you. They're coming. People coming up just ordering a drink. You see them. Oh, what are you getting? No, oh, it's a good drink. You're talking to the bartender. You're talking to the bar back. You're talking to a waiter who comes over. Sit, sitting in the service section. Whatever. Your chances of talking to a girl are are better. Let's go. Have a drink to start. Maybe get a little tuned up by yourself. I don't know. People are like, that's not great advice, especially from a guy who gave up booze. Yeah, it's not. But it's fun. Go. Have a cocktail by yourself. Read a magazine. Order an app. Get yourself an app. Chill. Then order a meal. Get a beer. Chill. Have dessert. Chill. Maybe try to cut back on sugar that's another thing you're probably like I gotta get in the best shape of my life I gotta be single again you'll get there just like take your time with it and when you're with your kids make sure you just plan it out there's one thing I can't stand coming from divorced parents is that when I see divorced parents always when they see their kids doing something that's to the nines every time's a toy every time's this crazy thing Kids don't want it. Yeah, they want a toy, but is that helping them in the long run? No. Do they want to go to a crazy thing? Yeah, they're going to love it, but do they really want that? No. All they care about is being with their parent that they don't get to see every day. So like, just go do something simple with them. when you're. All I care about for you and anyone is that you're spending time with them when you have your time with them. Which means you're not on your phone, which means you're not like got the TV going. You're doing stuff with them. Yeah, you go to a movie. I don't care. But sit with them, watch the movie. Then afterwards, talk about it. Just interact. You don't need to take them to an amusement park every time you see them. You know, you can just take them to a park and lay out a blanket and bring a game and bring a lunch. And just, they just want to be with their parents. So I know you're asking for advice on uh, dating. And my advice is, When you're with your kids, be with your kids. And when you're not, don't put pressure on yourself to meet a chick. Just put pressure on you. Don't put pressure on yourself on anything. Just focus on getting to know yourself because you're a different person now. When you were single, you were different. When you were married, you were different. Now you've changed from the guy you were when you were single. You're a whole new person. You've learned a lot from your ex. Whether you can't stand her or you still love her, whatever, take the good from it and embrace it. You know, be like, oh, yeah, she really offered this to me. We did that. I missed this. I missed that. Doesn't mean that she did things that you started to do that you can't do them anymore. Still embrace them. You know, challenge yourself. Put yourself in a situation you don't like. Find something that you would never do and then go do it. And do it alone and don't be afraid to do it alone. I would also, you know, no, those are the things I would probably do. That's what I would do. Sleep in once in a while do that and then go out during the day somewhere to a farmer's market the, the second you don't put pressure on meeting a girl is when you'll meet someone if that's what you really want and at the same time do not be ashamed to go online and get on like match or you know what other sites are out there i have no idea now tinder and bumble and that bullshit you're not gonna find the love of your life. I mean, you might, I'm sure people are, but that's probably where you're just gonna like bang. If that's what you want, go for it. But if you really want to find someone, you will. Just don't put pressure on yourself for it to just like uh you know, be there because that can't ever be the way it works, I would imagine. Uh and just don't overthink it, man. You know, no matter how old you are, there's plenty of time. Your days are numbered. You don't know the number. You know what I mean? We could all die tomorrow. You know? <laughs> Imagine if you're a therapist. Listen, there's a good chance you die tomorrow. So, But you could. So, you know what else? Just talk to random people out there and just let them be the ones to decide. I'm not giving you any more advice. You get it. Um that's it I didn't even say this but you know JLarsonComedy JLarsonComedy.com J. Larson Comedy on all social media share this guys if you like it tell your friends about it that's the way we build and that's the way we grow I feel like I'm going to do more of these solo because I just like hanging out and uh, talking about these different things and please email me message me send me things that I should talk about let me see if there's anything else that I missed I'm getting a vasectomy next week anyone had one let me know what you think. People are like, oh, dude, what are you going to do? You're cutting off your man? I could give two shits. We put all the pressure on it. So I'm going to have, uh, we're going to be on birth control the rest of my life. Of her life, more like it. It's not, I'm not on it. I'm not on it. I'll see you guys next week. Okay. Later.